0: This is Soundtrack, a music podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life. Because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kyle Lichty.
1: Hey, everyone. I'm here with Erica Witherspoon. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Awesome. <laughs> You're in Grand Rapids at the moment. I am. As mm-hmm. well as I. Uh, we're keeping socially distant. And I don't know if you remember, but uh, I want to say 2013 is mm-hmm. when we met. Uh,
2: yeah, right around that time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we, we had a mutual friends at the time uh, yeah. that you were working with. And uh, so I remember you came over to our place right oh I yeah a the- lot
2: yeah we did a lot of porch <laughs> drinking back in the
1: day it's <laughs> very true yep um, and did you ever come to movie nights
2: Um, I think I went to yeah because you were the one that would host Oscar parties yep I was yep yep. I, I did come to one of those yes. <laughs> yeah yep it's awesome yeah uh, I, I'm a big movie person so I'm, I'm always there movies are playing
1: what have you seen any movies lately Other than, um, I mean, obviously you know the theaters are down but
2: correct yeah i'm still i was really pumped for mulan oh yeah um and so i was but the reviews haven't been that great i'll still watch it when it's free on disney plus um that's like 30 bucks it is 30 bucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but I mean, yeah, no, I haven't seen, I can't even remember the last, I think the last movie I saw in the theater before everything shut down was 1917, which was a good one to see.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, totally.
2: Yeah. And we did actually go to the drive through this summer. That was a good socially distanced thing to do. We saw a double feature of uh, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. <laughs> so <laughs> that, was, that was just a nice little thing to do. So that was the last time I was actually at a quote unquote movie theater. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, uh, I got to go see Tenet in oh. T C.
2: Oh gosh, um, how was
1: it? You know, it was it was good. Okay. Uh it's not as emotional of like a you know, Christopher Nolan films are usually. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh the the sound mixing was very just off.
2: Was it off? Okay. It's yeah. interesting. Okay. I, um and it what, He usually does that very well.
1: Yeah. It's just so loud at times. And then it's hard to hear what people were saying at times as well. So, yeah. And I've heard there's been a lot of complaints about that too. But, and Hans Zimmer didn't, he didn't do the score.
2: I don't think he did do the score. No. No. Which is unfortunate because he's probably, he's definitely in my top three. So, my top three composers.
1: (laughs) Well, we'll definitely talk about that.
2: Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I can't wait
1: <laughs> Well uh, So you're not from Grand Rapids Originally you grew up in Big Rapids That's about okay. a, an hour North of Grand Rapids
2: Correct mm-hmm.
1: uh, What was that like for you growing up there
2: Well That's a little question um, Well if if Fair State <coughs> Wasn't in Big Rapids um, Big Rapids would be a very 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 small town um, yeah. And so So I went to, I didn't even, I went to a very small charter school there. So, you know, my friend group was not even the public school. There was about 20 kids in my class. And I was one of like four black people in that school, which added an extra layer to it. Uh, But I definitely loved growing up in Big Rapids. I feel like I was able to have one of those childhoods where, you know, you could stay out all day. Like, I feel like we were just on that cusp of when parents would let you do whatever you want to just make sure that you're home at night instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, staying inside all day and looking at your tablet, your phone and all that jazz. So So Big Rapids was really good for that kind of stuff, just like running around town. And I swear that like Ferris State was like my playground. I would like sneak into the (laughs) hockey rink and sneak into their library and so that's, I mean, like looking back, I'm like, why were you doing those things? But I was just a kid, you know, just enjoying my town and my friends. And so I, I appreciated it and I liked it. There were some ups and downs, but um, childhood, good memories. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Was there like a, a parent or somebody that you knew that worked at Ferris State?
2: Um, My mom went to Ferris. So she was going to school at the time, um, okay. raising three daughters. Um, and you know, I I had friends of parents or you know, parents, friends that worked there. So it's okay. not that. Yeah. So she, my mom was a student. She didn't actually work there.
1: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Because I was just like, how did you get into these places?
2: The, the, so. the doors were open. That's how yeah. <laughs> it like gets big rapids. They don't, they don't, That's not a town where you lock doors.
1: Makes sense. Growing up, gospel music was really uh, something mm-hmm. that was a part of what you were listening to. Uh, uh-huh. Explain why that was the case for you. Um,
2: My mother, basically, she was a very religious person. Um, And we went to church every single Sunday and Wednesday when I was growing up. So, you know, Christian music, gospel music was always in my life. I remember like on Saturday mornings, if I woke up and heard gospel music, that means like I'm going to spend the next six hours cleaning. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's like, that was like, you know, I hated those mornings, but I it just, it's in my memory now because my mom would just, Play it all day, and and then we also would go. She, but there were conferences across the country. I mean, I think one of the furthest ones we went to was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where you know you'd have speakers and pastors, but the main event was you know praising and worship. And so, you know, you'd be in a giant arena with you know ten thousand people, and they're all just you know praising the Lord. And you know, I have memories of that too. So, yeah, gospel was always always there. <laughs>
1: What was so appealing about it to your mom, do you think?
2: Um, because, I mean, in the word, I'm going to try to channel Cassandra here. I think she would say in the word, it's important to show your love for God and Jesus by singing and show, and giving him praise. And so um, having music, and my mom also just is a big music person as well. So just having music around the house and in our lives and having that music be about the most important thing. And it hurt it, in her mind to our lives was gospel and you know, praising
1: God. So I think that's why. Do you uh recall any of the artists? Oh yeah, definitely. En- I mean that you enjoyed the most?
2: Yeah. The one that I enjoyed the most was Kirk Franklin. I guess he's a hip hop kind of Christian artist. Yeah. <laughs> um, but some of his songs are like banging and like definitely <laughs> have like a beat and just gospel music some it makes some of them like the One of my favorite songs was Anna, like, every time I just want to, like, get up and start dancing and just, like. Right. So, I always have to, when I was listening to music at work, I always have to, like, skip that one because I'm, like, I'm going to get too excited (laughs) here sitting at my desk. So, no, um, one of my mom's favorite was Donnie McClurkin. He's a big artist. Um, Yolanda Adams. Just, you know, people like that.
1: Yeah. I've heard Donnie speak.
2: Have you really? Where?
1: Yeah, in Detroit.
2: Nice. Yeah, that uh, was her favorite.
1: Oh wow. Yeah, he uh he was quite the just person in, or speaker. Both, I mean. Both, yeah. Um, but just uh vocally, he was really talented as well. Yes. I thought. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. It sounds like gospel is still something that you enjoy today.
2: I do. Yep. Mhm. No, I was just gonna say I have, you know, my playlist and even today, like if I'm if I'm cleaning my apartment, I sometimes put gospel music on. It's just in my jeans now.
1: <laughs> Why is that uh something that you still enjoy listening to? Is it is it more of the beats or is it something in w- connection with your faith or Yeah,
2: it's it's A connection with my faith and B it reminds me of just when I was young. You know, that feeling when you just I don't know, just that feeling of Nostalgia, yeah, yeah. It's just nostalgic, and and um, and I just I really enjoy the songs. I it's yeah, it's mainly and I and I like. I haven't really been going to church lately with COVID going on, so it's also just a nice way for me to have my time with God, doing it the way that I want to, instead of listening mm-hmm. to you know maybe a boring sermon. I can just sing about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also during your childhood, a. Uh, old movie musicals were really appealing to you. Yeah, Um, Was this also from your mom?
2: This was also from my mom, (laughs) yes. I actually haven't asked her, like, how did you get into, like, these old movies, like, these old movie musicals, but I mean, like, it's, like, ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Rodgers and Hammerstein, like, Oklahoma, um, Carousel, Sound of Music, all of those movies, like, I've seen a bazillion times, and I love them, <laughs> just like a. Just I love old Hollywood and I love musicals and that kind of stuff is just right up my alley. And I think one of my mom's favorites was Singing in the Rain, and I just remember trying to learn the dances and being like, I want to be like Gene Kelly when I grow up, and like, I'm gonna mm-hmm. be like a triple threat. I'm gonna learn how to dance and sing and act. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know, it's just and those movies all like they're just. Oh god, I don't want to call them simple. There's feel good, feel good movies. And some of those, I mean, people are like, like, yeah, they cuz they're old. I'm like, yeah, like these people can sing and they're dance and it's great. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. Did you ever think about being in a musical? I, I didn't know if you did that Oh yeah, not.
2: definitely. Um when I was in middle school, I all did all of the plays. Um oh, and yeah? then yeah, yeah. And then but when I moved Away when I was 14 to a new high school. I think I was a little shy. Um, and, like, trying to make friends. And I'm like, ah, I'll make friends if I'm in the drama. <laughs> like, like, I'm going to play sports instead. Which, I don't know. Um, but, so, yeah. I really do regret in high school, like, not being a part of anything. Because we actually had an amazing theater director in the high school that I went to. Shout out to Jerry Shantala. Um, and he did. Like, he put on Cats when we were in high school (laughs) and I'm like, how amazing would have been like if I was in a production of cats when I was 16. So it was just like things like that looking back and I'm like, dang it. But um, yes, speaking of cats, crazy movie, but I went to go see it anyway. And I was laughing so hard.
1: Why was it so terrible? I didn't, (sighs) I I didn't see it.
2: It was terrible. It was terrible because there, the songs were a little redundant. All the songs were kind of introducing characters and not moving plot forward. Obviously the CGI was a little yikes. And and then the ending, like, gosh, what's her name? Judy Dench gives like this long monologue about like being a cat and loving a cat and I'm just, like, I'm just like I understand. It just it's like it doesn't it doesn't translate well to the screen. Seeing the show, like I've actually seen like the Broadway version of Cats like filmed, and that's incredible. Like it's just incredible seeing like the people and those costumes dance, but it doesn't translate to film. And I'm not really sure who approved that, but whatever.
1: <laughs> Weird. I, yeah. Did they, did they not do uh, the same songs?
2: They did do some of the same. They did the same songs. I think there were like maybe three songs that they added that were written specifically for the movie. And like, Honestly, though, like, Cats is not one of my top favorite, like, musicals. So it's, like, the songs are okay, but they're not, like, Singing in the Rain songs to me. They're not, like, Carousel songs to me. So I could have probably yeah. listened, yeah. I, Mr. Mistopheles I think, is probably my favorite one. So
1: <laughs> So you just mentioned Singing in the Rain and yeah. Carousel. What mm-hmm. were so appealing about uh, those musicals to you?
2: They're usually about love and, like being true to yourself like the messaging is always interesting um and the songs are always like really well written i'm gonna admit like a lot of the dancing like west side story like the dancing is one of my favorite parts of that and i just love movies and so I don't know. I I hope that like I can't really encapsulate it or define it. It just says something that has always spoken to me. So yeah. Hmm.
1: Well, another thing too that was appealing to you as a child was the songs from Disney movies as well. Yep. I mean it still is, uh <laughs> as an <Yep>. adult. <laughs> yeah. um, what was it about those songs and again those movies?
2: Yeah, so with Disney, I'm like, dang it, Disney! Like, <laughs> you have my heart. <laughs> um, but it's like um, nostalgia again. It's or just like I'm trying to even put nostalgia. I'm trying to think when I was a kid. Like, The Little Mermaid is my favorite Disney movie. So I'm. It's just stories. Like, <laughs> like I just like stories, and I like when words aren't enough, and people have to start singing. You know. I like that way of expression and Disney damn them. Usually has like good lyricists and composers and they know how to put a movie together and, you know, make you feel that magic. Like I think that Disney magic is definitely a thing. And it, when you're a kid, it makes you, well, when I was a kid, it made me feel like anything was possible, I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: Did you ever like act out the the scenes? Duh
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. A uh, really funny story is that uh, my sister, she said that I almost like drowned myself in the bathtub because I was trying to be a mermaid, <laughs> and I was like, seeing how long I could hold my breath, and she was like, "Stop this. <laughs> you are not a mermaid. Ah <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And um, the one, I think a reason, I'm sorry, I'm going into like the movie aspect of it now, but I was really attracted to Little Mermaid because we both wanted to be something that we weren't, um, or we were unhappy, or, you know, kind of, yeah, I would say unhappy a little bit with some things that were going on in our lives. Like, even you know, as I said, I was, you know, one of the few minorities where I grew up and so I'm like, ah, if only I could be part of a different world (laughs) sometimes. So, (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, well, that makes that, that makes so much sense mm-hmm. well, as a kid to have that yeah. kind of connection to The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Middle school and high school start to come around, and you start to branch out from more, obviously, the the Christian music and the more acceptable musical music to secular. So Chris Brown, Beyonce, for example… Mm-hmm. How did that happen? And uh, was it your mom okay with that?
2: Um, I think it really just happened because of the different people I was hanging around with. Um, when I moved to Wyoming, I went to, I started going to a public school. So, you know, a lot more people, a lot more diverse. And so just different uh, music tastes that I was introduced to and started listening, you know, to the radio more. And, you know, just getting introduced to these new artists. So I think that's kind of how I started getting introduced to this new music world. Um, And yeah, my mom mom didn't really care. It was 14, 15 at the time. So, you know, it was whatever.
1: Yeah. You did mention that there is some pure influence and you have the radio. What was so appealing about Beyonce and Chris Brown to you that you would want to keep listening to them?
2: It's not that. I'm just like... Kind of just threw those artists out because they were like popular artists at the time, like top forty stuff, you know? Like mm-hmm. Katy Perry, um Adele, like things like that. Um, that again, it was more just like, Oh, I like this Beyonce song. Oh, I like this Adele song, not that I'm gonna go out and buy Beyonce's like C D. So it was just um what appealed to me about it, it was different. Um, I played sports, so it was always nice to listen to poppy hip-hop music before, like, to practice, you know, before a game, and then uh, going, like, learning how to dance because, you know, high school dances, you got to practice your moves before you go to a <laughs> dance, so things like that.
1: <laughs> kind of feel like it was more of individual songs that stood out to you rather than maybe a particular artist.
2: Definitely. Yeah. And I would say the the one artist in my childhood that I haven't even mentioned yet, that is probably the one person that I would meet is Barbara Streisand.
1: Oh yeah. I forgot that you were a huge <laughs> yeah. Streisand fan.
2: So again, yeah, she, <laughs> I am a giant Streisand fan. I would like, I, I would just, I, I saw her in concert last year and I was so excited about it because I'm like, I have to see her before she dies um yeah. but she's iconic i mean she came from nothing and built this career and was like nobody's gonna stop me i've got this big nose and nobody thinks i'm cute but i don't care but i think she's gorgeous and her voice is just like oh heaven and um so yeah that was a lot of uh a lot of the childhood middle school even today i mean barbastrichton is always going to be in my heart So. Mm.
1: How did you come across her music?
2: Ooh, again, my mom. <laughs> okay. Barbara Streisand did a movie called Funny Girl, and I think yeah. it was 1968. And uh, that's actually one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. And it's just about it's about her exactly what I described. It's about her coming from nothing, becoming the star, this big theater star, and about love, of course, and. Funny Girls movie that made me fall in love with her. And then I saw Funny Lady and then, you know, all of her other non-siggy movies. And I actually do. I do actually love like three of Barbara Streisand's CDs. She's, she's someone that I have bought for CDs. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, instead of just downloading individual songs. And um actually, and I also probably have, I have vinyl.
0: Mm. And I have
2: probably about 10 of her um records um, oh, wow. downstairs. Yeah, she has a lot of them. <laughs> so, yeah. It was. It came from my mom, but I definitely think I've surpassed my mom in my love for her. So,
1: where did you see her?
2: Um, she was in Chicago. Yep.
1: At uh, the summer. United Center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice.
2: Yep. And I was like, oh, it was so funny because I, I mean, I was sitting next to like two ladies who are probably in their like sixties, <laughs> and I also <laughs> enjoyed it too because it was one of those concerts where it was like older people I haven't been to many concerts okay but it was older people so it was appropriate to continue sitting down the whole time instead of standing up which I appreciate yeah I'm like all right I can just like sit and listen but she it was I loved it because it seemed like I don't know how to explain it it's like we weren't it's not if she was like you're it was like she was doing her own thing on stage like regardless of like She's like, I'm doing my thing, and if you guys don't like it, like I don't care. I'm Barbara Streisand. You know what I'm like? like <laughs> you came to see, like you came to see me, so I'm just gonna do it. Like I can't. I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but it was just amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a connection there for you personally. You kind of have that similar vibe of just like I'm gonna do this. Yeah. With or without you.
2: Correct. Yes. (laughs) Yep. And um, she's just, uh, and she like worked hard, like her entire life. And I appreciate that from her as well. Like came, I think she was born in Brooklyn or something. And was like, nah, this isn't enough for me. I'm going to do better. And she did better. I mean, she's been a star since the sixties. So who has like, who can say, a lot of people can't say they have that staying power, staying power, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. for
1: sure. I mean, and for to be a woman, too, in, right. in all that, yep. I think mm-hmm. is outstanding. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's right at the height of, uh, you know, the equal rights uh, mm-hmm. movement and, and so many other different things that were going on at that time. So, yep. I'm curious, though, like, where did you get that kind of similar vibe, like as Streisand, to... I'm going to do better and I'm going to, you know, have give it my all regardless of what with whether there's help from people or not.
2: Like I said, um I was one of the very few minorities growing up and so I felt a lot of pressure to be better and be an example for people, to show people that, you know, all black people aren't what you think they are. And so I think that was instilled in me um, very very early on in my life and still to this day I kind of feel it um, so I think that I got this attitude not that I'm gonna do it no matter or like regardless of what people think but I'm like I'm gonna do this because it's the right thing to do and mm-hmm. it's hard but it's like who else is gonna like who else is going to do it? Like I'm in this specific position. I felt like I was in that position for a reason. And my reason was to be the change I wanted to see in the world. And one of the changes is I want, you know, there to be less racism. So (laughs) if I have the ability to be an example, then I want, then I want it to be an example, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So I think she, Barbara wanted to be the best at what she knew that she could be, which was, you know, a, actress and a singer and i want to be i'm not really sure what it is but i want to be the best that i can be at you know changing the world in my own small way and i think that my small way involves you know racial justice so we'll see
1: yeah what uh are you doing anything in regards to uh racial justice
2: yeah i
1: am actually At at the moment
2: yeah i told you um that i'm you know waiting and I'm waiting a couple months before I start looking for you know new employment. So in that time, I'm going. I'm going to try to write. Um, I would like to write about being a Black millennial um, okay. in America. Um, I think that I have some interesting aspects to share and stories to share. Um, so yeah, I think uh, that's what I would like to do. And of course, you know, protesting when they have them in Grand Rapids and things like that.
1: Another uh, genre that was really jiving with you during high school is alternative music
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so dashboard confessional taking back sunday were to name a couple mm-hmm. uh how did you come across those and why were those bands or artists connecting with you
2: yeah um hey, don't quote me on this but i'm pretty sure that i heard the song stolen by dashboard confessional in a scrubs episode <laughs> <laughs> and so I, and I really, really liked it. So I went and looked it up and I downloaded it. And then, so that was my first Dashboard Confessional song. And I'm like, let me see if I like any other ones. And I did like Vulnerable and all of those songs. And so I think that was how I came across Dashboard Confessional. And then I had a friend Kaylee in high school and she was really big into alternative music. And She burned me a couple CDs, which I think I have one of them still. <laughs> and so I think that's how I got and, um, Blue October, I think they sing the song "Into the Ocean," and so the, I think she kind of introduced me into a lot of these like alternative bands and songs. And the dash work I definitely got from Scrubs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm I'm surprised to to hear you say Blue October. Why? Honestly. I just you know it's a it's a it's not full on like the the hard rock alternative, yeah. But it, there's, there's hints of that. I would say, I, I just didn't know that that was something you liked.
2: You yeah, know, it was like probably like three Blue October songs that I have listened to. So yeah, was, again, songs that touch me. Okay. Right. Yeah, and like later on, and you know, I can't remember who introduced me to Iron and Wine, but I I fell in love with them too. I think Boy with a Coin has been my ringtone for about. I want to say like nine years, wow. <laughs> like I have not changed it. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's another. I'm really forgetting. There's another alternative band that I was uh, that I was really into. Oh, Fall Out Boy. Yeah. I actually saw them in concert as well, maybe three years ago.
1: Where did you see them?
2: Um, they came to Grand Rapids. I saw them here.
1: Okay. At, yeah, uh, at the Van Andel. Van Andel? Okay. Mm-hmm nice
2: which is that was fun i went with my best friend and that was that was a good concert
1: why was it so good
2: um because gosh i don't even name it i don't know the name of that cd they had just dropped but i liked like seven songs on it and so and then, of course they played them at the concerts so. nice <laughs> i'm like i'm hoping they don't play a lot of their old stuff i want them to play stuff from
1: this one and they did so that was dope <laughs> I'm sure they played a, a lot of their older stuff, too, though. But yeah,
2: they played a couple. I, they, uh, they played a couple. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm just hanging out with your best friend on the concert. That's always fun.
1: So you moved to uh, Grand Valley for college. I did. Uh, that was to play volleyball. And mm-hmm. something that was happening for you at that time was you were, just again, kind of encountering songs from all different types of other again movies and, and tv and and such um do you recall any of those uh songs or artists that were really speaking out to you in, in college
2: it's so hard for me to like pick artists um because it's like it's the songs you know like but like Damien Rice I listened a lot to him which I got from the show Lost um like yeah. Drake was coming around around that time uh I don't know if it might have been a little early for Sia, but she had some good ones. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Glee was on around that time. I had some Glee songs that I don't.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> they had some, some good mashups. Day.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good covers. Mm-hmm. Was Glee like a, a favorite show of yours? Listen, I have a love hate relationship with Glee, and let me tell you why. <laughs> <laughs>
2: because. <laughs> i was a child again i loved musicals and like barbara growing up and all of this stuff but that's not mainstream like people like you get and not that i got picked on for it but you can't just like talk to someone like hey let's talk about singing in the rain okay and people are like what i don't know what you're talking about
1: yeah so
2: then when glee came they really popularized popular a lot of that like Old musicals and like Rachel from the show was like obsessed with Barbara Streisand, like she was her idol and all this stuff. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> so like, because it like made it made it popular, which I appreciate. Like it brought a lot of like these old songs to the forefront, and they did them very well. But I'm like, man, Uh people didn't appreciate this when It was like in middle school, and I was singing show tunes. But it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I I. I appreciated glee for what it did a
1: lot. lot. (laughs) It was so big. It was huge. Yeah, it was. Why do you think it was so big?
2: um, I think it, it took that high school musical energy and Mm -hmm. like, like let's do this for TV um, because it it came out after that. And then I think that first, the first season was hilarious. Like first of all, like the writing was hilarious um, they actually picked people that can sing and dance, so you know, performers. Can't even think. Leah Michelle was on Broadway already, mm-hmm. and um, so it was funny and it was entertaining. And they did songs that I liked, and they did pop songs as well. And it was just one of those lightning in a bottle type things that, like, I feel like if they tried to like recreate it, like, it just wouldn't work.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> it seemed like they ha- did a really good job of combining. New and old songs that they yeah. you know reinvented with within a a script that was mm-hmm. relevant at that time correct like, in terms of our culture and society at uh, what 2010 yeah, they 20- did try to pull a lot of like um culturally like important
2: things into their storylines agreed yeah mm-hmm. so yeah um I I likely. Overall, but I'm a little. I'm still. I'm a little salty that like now people are like, oh, like, oh yeah, this is like they hear like the remix of like singing in the rain, and they're like, ah, oh, singing. And I'm like, what movie is that from? Tell me. And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, it's singing in the rain. Trick question. <laughs> 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 so that kind of deal.
1: It's such a great song. I singing yeah. in the rain. It's mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> and just even the film part of it too. Just watching oh yeah gene kelly you know just getting drenched
2: (laughs) i also love um broadway melody um yeah and singing in the rain that's actually one of my favorite songs and just that whole sequence it's it's such a long sequence but it's so good
1: (laughs) so we've been talking a lot about film uh for being a a music podcast which is fine (laughs) just kind of
2: that's because that's where i get my songs from (laughs) yeah well yeah, yeah exactly
1: It's, I mean, it's still music Mm -hmm. and for you, one of your, we've kind of talked about it already, soundtracks or Mm -hmm. scores from film is something that you enjoy a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for example, Hans Zimmer um, is a composer that you really like a lot. What is it about the, the film scores for you?
2: I kind of want to pinpoint this back to being in like band in elementary school, middle school. Uh, my band teacher had us play a lot of film scores. Like, I remember, like, practicing um, one of the songs from Pearl Harbor, like, over and over and over again on my clarinet. <laughs> so, like, it just, I loved, I loved being in band, and I loved, like, orchestra. And I think that film scores or just, like, classical music in general just elicits something from me that other music does not. It's definitely... Takes me somewhere. I can close my eyes and imagine whatever I want to imagine. And um, I really enjoy that. I, it's good for my studying. It's good when I'm writing. It's good when I'm working. So
1: yeah. <laughs> would you say that you appreciate music without lyrics more than with lyrics?
2: I would have to say so. Yes. Like if I had the choice, someone told me like, you can only listen to film scores or alternative music. I would definitely pick film scores a hundred times over. <laughs> I, I can't explain why that is, but it just maybe because I like movies so much and I appreciate I, if I had like a dream job in an alternative universe, like I would love to be a film composer. Like I think that would be so much fun. It's just something else to me. It's like, it's, it's not just a song that you hear. It's like the background to like the world. It's the background music to like life in my opinion.
1: So yeah, oh, that's so cool. Did you ever listen to soundtracks while, like, studying and and writing in, in college?
2: Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely.
1: Um, what, what were some examples?
2: Inception. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, I do love some John Williams. I like Harry Potter. Um, I mean, honestly, I could. John Williams has done like so much. He's like the composer to like my childhood. If you think about everything that he's like composed, yeah. like Jurassic Park, E.T. Harry Potter, right. Indiana Jones, Star Wars, like, it's all John Williams, <laughs> so it just stuff like that. It, it, yeah, it gets my creative juices flowing, so I definitely have listened to it while studying and writing. Any other composers
1: that you... Uh...
2: Yeah, um, I'd have to say, like, Hans Zimmer, John Williams, and probably James Horner, rest in peace, um, are probably my favorites. Um, the movie that really made me, like, Okay, so Titanic is my favorite movie of all time.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and I'll tell you, and it's not its not just because of the movie. It's because it's the first movie that I watched that made me appreciate, like, how to make a movie and what goes into making a movie. And okay. obviously, the score is fantastic, which was James Horner. And um, that really launched me into paying more. And, I mean, that came out when I was, like, seven or eight. <laughs> but it really launched me into, like, paying attention to more, to. The lighting of a movie, the fil- the score of a movie, the the pacing of a movie, the tone of a movie. So, I think that Titanic really shaped me in that way. And then James Horner, when I like looked into his his works that he's done, I'm like he's done like oh yeah, so like so many things that like I really that really speaks to me. So
1: yeah, I mean he's done Apollo thirteen, Braveheart. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. Braveheart? Oh my goodness! That soundtrack. Uh, yeah,
2: I I have that on vinyl. I least I do. Oh, <laughs> that's the, wow. I have the Braveheart soundtrack. <laughs> um, I'm
1: I'm so jealous. <laughs> it's
2: it's so good. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, uh, he did. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people probably didn't like Avatar, but he did the soundtrack for Avatar.
1: Oh yeah, that's right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he did the. Oh no, that was Michael Giacchino. But he also did Troy. I liked the soundtrack to Troy. Okay. But yeah, another, a beautiful mind, which was also a great soundtrack. Sorry, I'm just, yeah. it's coming, it's like all coming back to me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> one that's of my other composers, composers that I actually found, actually came from television. Um, so now I told you my favorite movie and I'm going to tell you my favorite TV show, which is Lost. <laughs> and yeah, Michael, Cicchino, Michael mm-hmm. he, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, he composed the soundtrack to that to that show. And I'm like, what and then I was like so pumped when he won that Oscar for Up because I'm like yeah. yes look how far you've come <laughs> like, I've been a fan of yours for a while so that was I think he's he's in my top ten he does they're more quieter I mean I mean right. like listen to like a Hans Zimmer song and then put on like a Michael song and it's like ah <laughs> total tone shift but his music is quieter and more like sensitive which really works sometimes for me
1: <laughs> oh yeah I mean you just the movie Up the Piano yep, is so, like you said, I think sensitive is the right word. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's gorgeous.
2: Yeah. I'm like, uh, can anybody watch that opening scene still? <laughs> I, have it, I have it to this day. Like it still makes me cry. And I'm yeah. going to credit like 40% of that to his his score. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like uh, John Porter. I believe his name is... Thomas Newman, who's been around for a while. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's solid. Mm-hmm.
1: He did Shawshank Redemption, right?
2: I, yes, he did, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, he did that and I think, Green Mile. Mm-hmm.
2: Soundtracks are, I think, uh, the Dark Knight was also, or, you know, the Batman trilogy. I enjoy that score. That's That was Hans.
1: What's so appealing about Hans as a composer to you? Because I think he is, I think he's the best.
2: Do you think he's the best working right now or just, like, just the best?
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah. As of right now, yeah. I think, he, like, he consistently puts out the best.
2: Yeah. What is it about? Um, well, taking it, I'm trying to, like, take it away from, like, the movie. Like, if I'm just, like, sitting at my desk listening to it, it just um it moves me. Like, no matter if it's, like, a heart-pumping one, like, something that was happening, like, Inception, like, during a really, like... Crazy scene, or if it's like you know I think it's called time, which is the song that's happening at the very end oh, of the so, oh. yeah that's happening at the very end of the movie, and yeah. um but it just it just takes me somewhere, it takes me somewhere, and he i don't i'm not I don't know anything about like putting music together, so I can't talk about like yeah composition or anything <laughs> like, I can't tell you anything technical, I just um, speaks to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Ah, uh, he's so good. I think a good film score is one where, if you are able to re-listen to it, that you it immediately takes you right to the scene, and you can mm-hmm. visually get a sense of what was happening again. And I feel like Hans just does a great job of that. Does it well? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, one of the person I want to mention because I don't leave him out is uh, yeah. Dario Marinelli. Um, Yeah. He did, Prejudice*. yeah. And atonement. Mm -hmm. He is also one of another sensitive composer. Um, that I would probably, I feel like if I had to pick one to like do the soundtrack of my life, it would probably be him. Hans, but by plus too much. Okay. But,
1: uh, he's, he's a good one too. What is it about his that would be like your preferred choice?
2: It's funny because it makes me feel. It makes me think of like Western Europe (laughs) and like old. It's old, very old world. Um, I can't even think. I can't think of a movie that he has composed that kind of takes place in the present day. Um, I feel like they're all period pieces.
1: Yeah, that sounds right.
2: It's it's uh, a it's magical or mystical, but very (sighs) floaty and loving and serious but
1: still has a that sensitivity mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
2: even though the soundtrack in atonement that ticking isn't very sensitive <laughs> <laughs> like he uses that a lot in atonement and yeah um i think the but the scene of dunkirk and i don't remember what that's that piece is called might actually we would call it dunkirk is amazing Uh, when he's like walking around on the beach, but anyway.
1: (laughs) What is it about music that is so important to us as humans?
2: Um, I think music is now it's a universal language. Um, No matter where you are, you can appreciate music. Everybody can feel a beat and dance to a beat. And I think that's important. And it's like the, again, the soundtrack to our lives, like imagine a world without, music it's terrible oh yeah (laughs) yeah like and it's one of those things that definitely i mean elicits emotions very quickly like if you smell something and you know it takes you back somewhere a song a lyric can immediately bring forth a memory it's lovely when you know you're with people that you love and you're all together and there's music in the background and creates memories i'm sorry i know i'm getting a little philosophical but it's really how i feel about it like it helps create memories and moments and you know as humans we're i think we're programmed to love and i think we're also programmed to you know be creative and music is just one of the best ways to you know have that manifest
1: it's really cool well erica thanks for doing this
2: thank you for inviting me i really enjoyed this a lot of fun um i know you know this is a probably a film and music podcast <laughs> to it, but it's just the nature of you know where i got my music from and how i find it so i love that you know you knew a lot of like these old movies and composers because you know i told you like sometimes when i bring up like carousel or something people are like what, what are you talking about so
1: right. yeah <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kyle Lichty. Each person interviewed has created a playlist to the very songs that have impacted their life. If you are interested in listening to their playlist, you can head straight to our website at soundtrack.fireside.fm, click on Soundtrack Playlist, and it will take you straight to their playlist on Spotify. If you like the podcast and want to know more, check out our Instagram at at Soundtrack Podcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack.